Gospels with you tonight, would you open them please to the fourth Gospel, the Gospel of John, specifically chapter 11. We've been in a sermon series entitled, Jesus According to Jesus. And Jesus has been telling us who He is. That there would be no doubt, there would be no confusion, there'd be no perplexity. There'd be no uncertainty that we would know who He is because He tells us who He is. He's a Savior of revelation, not secrecy. And tonight's message in many ways is the culmination of this series. The message is entitled, A Setback That Becomes a Comeback. I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus speaking to Mary and Martha and Lazarus and those that were around in that day, and Jesus speaking to you and I tonight, I am, focus on that, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, Yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Good question. Do you believe this? A setback that becomes a comeback. When you think of comebacks, what comes to your mind? When you think of comebacks, what comes to your mind? If you're a football fan, maybe you think about the Patriots' comeback against the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. It looked like they were done. And yet they come back and they won the game. For those of you who like to watch movies, maybe you're thinking about Rocky's comeback. I don't know how many Rocky movies they have been. There have been quite a few. But in the very first Rocky movie, it looked like he was down for the count. He had got the daylight speed out of him for 14 rounds by the champion Apollo Creed. And he comes back and he wins. Maybe if you're a historian, you're thinking about England's comeback against Nazi Germany in World War II. It looked like England was for the taking. But in what the English call their finest hour, they withstood Nazi Germany. They held them off. They won victory where nobody thought they could win the victory. Maybe you're thinking about Bethany Hamilton. She was a surfer and pretty good at it. But she met a shark one day surfing. And that shark took off her entire left arm. Didn't look like she would ever surf again. But she did. What a comeback story she is. I, I don't know what comeback story comes to your mind, but tonight's story is a comeback story. It's a story that begins with a setback. Lazarus is dead. It concludes with a comeback. 
Lazarus is alive. Now, the story of Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, is a well-known story. It's really easy to understand. Let me kind of set the stage for you. Lazarus is sick in John chapter 11. He's badly sick. The truth be known, he's dying. Mary and Martha, who are good friends of Jesus, Jesus has been in their homes many times. Mary and Martha sin for Jesus. He's not in Bethany. They sin for Him to come quickly because they believe if Jesus comes, He can heal their brother. Jesus gets the word. Lazarus is still alive, but Jesus decides to tarry in going to Bethany, to tarry in going to Lazarus. The Bible says He delays His coming by 48 hours, two days. And when He finally arrives, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is gone. According to Jewish theology, Lazarus is dead to the maximum. He's 10th degree dead. When you've been dead four days, according to Jewish tradition and theology, you're as dead as you can get. Because at that point, the spirit leaves the body. That's what they believed. And so Lazarus has been dead four days when Jesus arrives. He's dead. And there's absolutely no hope for him. The spirit has left the body. And as Jesus arrives, he's confronted by Martha. Mary does not want to come out and talk to Jesus, but Martha does. And now this is where we're going to pick up the story. The beginning of the comeback from the setback. The setback is Lazarus is dead. The comeback is going to be Lazarus is going to come back to life. And we're going to see why Jesus delayed. And it might surprise you tonight. Let's begin by looking at verse 19 in John chapter 11 as we pick up the story. And I'm going to give you some principles that I hope will help you if you need a comeback tonight. Because isn't that what Bryant just sang about a comeback? Come back from a life of sin to a life of forgiveness. Verse 19, principle number one. And many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning the loss of their brother, Lazarus. The first principle, if we're going to have a comeback from our setbacks is, we have to be willing to acknowledge our setbacks. We must be willing to express our sadness and sorrow over what has happened. Notice in verse 19, it says, Many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha, the two sisters, to comfort them concerning their brother. Now I can picture Lazarus is in a room right now. His body has been prepared for burial, which is going to take place very soon. Inside that room where there's the body of Lazarus, 
There's probably a foyer right outside that room. And there are people who have come to mourn his loss. If we could hear what was going on in the home of Mary and Martha where the body of Lazarus is lying in a state waiting for his burial, we would probably hear shrieks and screams and wailing and weeping and crying and consolations. Mary and Martha are crying. The mourners are crying. Everybody's weeping. Martha is expressing her grief. She's expressing it to those that are around her. But listen to me, she's also expressing it to God who's above her. She's upset. She's confused. And she acknowledges it. The most important step to begin, if you want to go from a setback to a comeback, is you must acknowledge you've had a setback. Martha is crying. She's acknowledging that this wasn't supposed to happen. Lazarus was supposed to be healed. He's supposed to be alive. But Jesus didn't come. And now Lazarus is dead. And she's upset about it. And she's expressing all the emotions that go with being upset about something. Things happen to us sometimes we don't want to acknowledge they happen. We just kind of open the door and throw them in the closet and close the door. We pick up the carpet and sweep it under the carpet and throw it down. But if you're going to come back from a setback, you have to acknowledge you've had a setback. Things didn't quite go the way you wanted them to go. And it bothers you. That's what she did. She expresses her sadness and sorrow to the mourners that are there, but also to God. Secondly, verse 20, Martha gets close to Jesus. She expresses her sadness and sorrow, verse 19, but now she's going to get close to Jesus. Notice verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and hid from him. She ran away. When she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Jesus is coming. And Martha leaves where the body of Lazarus is. She leaves her sister Mary. She leaves the mourners that are there. Family, friends, and paid ones. Because there were paid mourners in that day who would come and cry over the loss of your loved one. She leaves all of them and she comes out to meet Jesus. Is she upset? Probably. Is she angry? Maybe. Is she confused and hurt? I would guess. I don't think she's coming out with a smile on her face. I don't think she's coming out with her hand like this. I think she's coming out with a mean bulldog look on her face. I think she's got her fist clenched. She's upset. She's angry. She's confused. She's hurt. 
This is not supposed to happen. Jesus is their friend. Jesus heard about this in plenty of time. He could have been here. Jesus fooled around. And now her brother's dead. And he shows up. And she goes to Jesus with an attitude. And he responds to her attitude with compassion and kindness. You say, Pastor, did she clean up to go see Jesus? I doubt it. Did she change up? No. Did she cheer up? Absolutely not. She came out exactly as she was. She didn't hide her thoughts. She didn't hide her feelings. She didn't hide her words. She didn't hide her attitude. She didn't hide her actions. She comes out to Jesus a bewildered mess. And Jesus receives her. Whosoever comes to the Lord will never be turned away. Aren't you glad of that? Seek the Lord and you will find Him. And she sought Him and she found Him. She gets close to Jesus. Thirdly, in verse 21, she now is going to tell Jesus her disappointments and her hurt. And not only will she tell Him in verse 21, but in verse 32... Mary will tag team with her and also say something to Jesus. Verse 21, Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if... Pay attention, that little word, if. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32, When Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and said to him, Lord, if... You had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you would have been on time, Lazarus would be alive. Lord, if you would have come when we called for you, our brother would still be alive. The implication is clear. Jesus, it's your fault. It's your fault, Jesus. You are responsible for this. You didn't come. You see, we like to make the Bible characters, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes what they're not. Do you know the Bible characters are just like you and I? We tend to want to put a cape on them. We tend to want to give them a ring or a lasso or a utility belt. We try to make them superheroes and superheroines. They're not. They're average people just like you and I who are living in a fallen world. And they have a lot of different emotions as they live through this fallen world. And Mary and Martha are filled with emotions. They're filled with emotions. They're thinking things they shouldn't think. They're feeling things they shouldn't feel. They've got an attitude. They're saying things, they're doing things that come out of their confusion and their bewilderment and their perplexities and maybe their outright anger at Jesus. 
How does Jesus handle this? He's already met Martha with gentleness and kindness as she storms out with her attitude. How is he going to handle her accusation? It's your fault. How is he going to handle Mary's allegation? It's your fault. Verse 30 tells us, or should I say verse 35? What's it say? Help me. He wept. He handled their anger. He handled their upsetness. He handled their confusion. He handled their bewilderment. He handled their accusation. He handled their allegations with tears. He cried. He loved Mary, and he knew Mary loved him. He loved Martha. He knew that Martha loved him. He loved Lazarus. And it broke his heart to see what they were going through and what Lazarus has happened to him. Martha tells Jesus her hurts. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we need to be honest with God. God can handle our honesty. He really can. We should be respectful and we should be reverent, but He can handle our honesty. Fourthly, first of all, Martha expresses her sadness and sorrow. Secondly, she gets close to Jesus. She tells Jesus of her hurts the pain that she's going through, and she actually blames him for it. And now in verses 23 through 27, Martha is about to realize who Jesus is. A light bulb is about to come on in her mind and heart. Verse 23, And Jesus said to her, Your brother shall rise again. And Martha says to Jesus, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I know that. And then he speaks to her in verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believe in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? Hmm. He's been blamed. He's been accused. He's been attacked. And all Jesus has done is treated it with kindness and gentleness, and he's cried. But now he's about to speak. And the words that he speaks are words of revelation to her. And they center on two things, and I want you to listen closely. First of all, he says to her, Martha, may I remind you who I am? I am the resurrection and the life. I am that I am the God of the resurrection and the life. I am that I am the God of the resurrection and the life. I'm not I was. I don't live in the past. I'm not I will be. I don't live in the future. 
I live in the eternal present. I am. I am God. And I give life to all of those who believe in me. That's what he's saying. And then he says something to Martha, or implies something to Martha, that I think is very good. He said, Martha, you know this in your head. You are a Sunday school teacher, Martha. You understand there is going to be a resurrection of the dead one day. You understand the facts, Martha, but do you understand who I am? You see, Martha, you've got all of the abstract concepts and religious jargon. You got it all down. You got it all here, though. Not here. You know all the objective truths, but you don't know the subjective truths. You're very good at making generalizations, but not personalizations. You talk about what they say. I'm asking you, what do you believe? We know all the saints will be resurrected, Martha. Do you believe I can resurrect your brother? Wow. Martha, up to this time, has been a professor, but not a possessor of Jesus. She knows it all here. She can give all the right answers like many of you who've been raised in church all your life can give. But the answers have never permeated from here to here. And Jesus is about to change that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's one thing to say Jesus died on the cross. It's another thing to say Jesus died on the cross for me. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You may have been on his mind, but I was on his mind. It's one thing to say Jesus lives. It's another thing to say Jesus lives for me. He lives for me. He died for me. He lives for me. It's one the thing, thing to say, Jesus is coming again. It's another thing to say, when He comes, He's coming for me. Can you say that? Martha could say, I believe in His crucifixion. I believe in His resurrection. I believe in His coming. And most of you do. But can you say, He died for me. He lives for me. He's coming for me. I know Him personally and He knows me. He's not some abstract jargon. He's not some theology that comes out of objectiveness. I know that I know that I know because I know Him. And then in verse 27 we see the comeback is completed. Martha receives Jesus as her Savior and Lord, verse 27. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, 
I believe. I didn't hear this from somebody else. I don't just teach this as Sunday school facts. I know this because I believe it. Which should come into the world. That word believe is an interesting word. You know what it means in the Greek? It means to personally trust in something or someone. And what Martha says is, I personally trust in you, Jesus. I personally put my faith in you, Jesus. I believe there is a resurrection, and I believe I'm going to be part of it, and I believe my brother will be part of it. And I believe because you're the resurrection and the life, you're not only going to resurrect everybody one day, you're going to resurrect him right now. Wow, what, what a difference that makes when you know him personally and not just know him based on what everybody else says. It's interesting why Jesus was late. You know why he was late? To save the soul of Mary and Martha. You say, Pastor, where do you get that from? Glad you asked. Look at verse 15. Jesus says, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there on time as you thought. To the intent that you might what? Believe. You see, Jesus knew that they did not know him personally. And so what he was going to do is use the death of Lazarus to be the conduit to bring them to himself. To take them from the abstract to the reality, from the objective to the subjective, from a head faith to a heart faith. From what somebody says to I know that I know that I know. And by the way, Jesus doesn't forget Lazarus in all of this. In verse 43 through 45, he goes to the tomb where Lazarus is now. And Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now those of us who went to Israel, we saw the tomb where Lazarus was at. And I'm telling you, it was a miracle he could get out of that tomb. It was a miracle God brought him back to life, but there's another miracle he could ever get out of that tomb. I mean, it is a tight little stairway that goes down. Got a lot of crooks and crannies. And remember, he's all wrapped up like a mummy. And they don't uncut him from those embalming clothes that he actually gets out of the tomb. I wish I could had a picture to show you what I'm talking about. But Lazarus, Jesus calls his name. He says, Lazarus, come out. Come forth. And verse 44 says that he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to him and to them, loose him and let him go. And then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, they did what? They believed on him. You see, the Lord always knows what he's doing. He took a setback and used it to make a comeback to bring Martha and Mary to himself, to bring others to himself as they witnessed that he indeed was the resurrection and the life.
May I suggest to you, Bill Clinton wasn't the first comeback kid. Lazarus was. If Jesus can bring back Mary and Martha from their setback to a comeback, if Jesus can bring Lazarus back from his setback of death to a comeback of life, may I ask you a question in closing? Can he do that for you? Can he do that for me? Then all we have to do is let him. We have to, first of all, confess that we have a setback. Got to be real. Lord, I've blown it. Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I'm facing a situation and circumstance that I'm angry about, but I, it, it happened. We got to confess our setback. Then we need to come to Christ. We don't run from Him, we come to Him. If you've had a setback, you come to Him. Come just as you are. I love the song, Just As I Am. You come just as you are. He will meet you where you're at. Tell Him your hurts. Tell Him your frustrations. Tell Him your aggravations. Tell Him your confusion. Tell Him your bewilderment. Tell Him that you're hurt. Tell Him your pains. He can handle it. I promise you. And then listen when he speaks. Because when he speaks, he's going to reveal something to you about himself and about you. He's a God of revelation. He will speak eventually. And then you believe in what he tells you. You believe in what he tells you. If he tells you to accept him as Savior, Accept him. If he tells you to, to embrace his lordship in your life, do it. Whatever he says, do it. And if we'll do that, we can go from a setback to a comeback. Heads are bowed and eyes are